FM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And I am standing in for Songhezo. So the president has just uh, given his speech. We've just had a family meeting um, that was from 8 o'clock right up until I think uh, half past 8. And I like the fact that he highlighted, you know, um, that the holiday just once again to reiterate will be on the 15th of December. So in somebody's terms, a child that's like six year old, when they ask you how many nights, are, how many sleeps, mommy, or how many sleeps, daddy, we talk, we're looking at 46 sleeps before the holiday. And um, also he spoke about uh, government expen- expenditure exceeding revenue. That's something he, f- he feels needs to be nipped and hopefully it's done very quickly. Um, also, it, it, I mean, whilst he was talking about the government expenditure and, you know, exceeding uh, revenue, then as I am about to open up the microphone, I see a Chiron um, from our, you know, from our news department um, that says that, you know, the ESCOM um, head has actually been asked to withdraw a tender for a logo. Expenditure is exceeding revenue. And then we're putting out a tender for a logo. Just thought, let me leave it alone. I think I'll leave it for, for Stephen. Chances are he'll have a, a full conversation around it. But anyway, coming back to um, uh, our conversations right here on The Viewpoint. And we did speak to uh, Bukelwa, Provincial Director, Inclusive Education, Free State Department of Education. And we're talking about Free State Education Department and SATU hosting Learner Pregnancy Summit. And some of the reactions or responses that we got from um, our WhatsApp line is, um, here is another one that says, the problem is that the boy child is neglected and there are no fathers in the community. That was one. Then another one goes on. This is from Mr. Naidu in KZN, CBD KZN. Good evening, Bertha. The law must be upheld. Also, awareness on part of education drive. Our TV content also exposes children to scenes of an age control. There are no parental control. Um, that's thanks there from uh, Mr. Naidu. And then I've got another one here that says, um, Sis Bertha, the problem is that trying to teach. Okay, then my screen just decides to blink on me. Uh, the problem is that trying to teach uh, the, you know, the trying to teach about sexual um, education w- won't change anything. Instead of arresting these individuals, making sure that they rot in prison. It is so true. I think it takes a community or it takes a village to raise a child. If it's statutory rape, it's statutory rape. The perpetrator must be locked up and they must just throw away the key. Because what business is it of yours are you doing with a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, even a 14-year-old? They have no clue of parenting. But that's just you know, some some of the responses that we got. But uh, coming to something slightly different to the next hour, the, our next subject matter, 
2024 property forecast what's ahead for uh, South Africa's real estate market and we get to find out what it means and in terms of when you look at uh, property pricing whether you're in Cape Town whether you're in Durban in Pretoria in Gauteng the you know the average price for an average property that can be bought by an average individual maybe that makes Mm, hypothetically, 30,000, 40,000 is a property in the region of about a million rand. And a million rand will most probably buy you, if you are in the north, a townhouse, maybe two, three bedrooms, no big space for the garden, you know, two bathrooms, and that's just about it in a complex. And if you then spread your wings towards, let's say, Cosmos City, it could be a decent home. Three bedrooms, two bathrooms, a small garden, about a million plus. And if you're very lucky, you know, because right now it's not really pegged at a million. You can find a property of sorts, which is maybe a two beds, two baths, uh, and it's just a small unit in a complex for maybe 800,000 if you're lucky. 850, 899, 900,000, all depending. And I'm talking about the north. And it all depends also in terms of, uh, you know, the pricing. Let's say if, if it's in the south, is it low density? Is it high density? And if you're going to buy in Soweto, for instance, uh, Soweto homes are no longer that cheap. If you're to buy a, a, a home in Soweto, just a core home with maybe two beds, a small kitchen, tiny little lounge, you know, your core home that we, we always used to have as your core uh, home provided by the government. Those small houses are now retail. They're going for around about 600,000, 700,000. So it, it, it's, it's a big scale that is just the pendulum is so imbalanced. But we get to find out all that uh, from our guest when we have that conversation. And that's our uh, Jacques Afan Emden from uh, who is a block CEO. Maybe he can help us uh, with, uh, you know, some foresight or some insight rather. Um, Jacques, good evening. Welcome to The Viewpoint. Hi, good evening. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So talking about the property market, property forecast, it's, it's, these are interesting times. Is it a time for buyers or is it a time for sellers? Well, it's certainly a, a, an interesting market at the moment. I think coming into 2023, we saw really big rising interest rates, and that normally means that there's quite a lot of pressure on the property market. But I think we've been seeing quite a bit of resilience from the market in 2023, and that's come you know, well done to the banking sector, you know, the big four commercial banks that have been working really hard to make sure that the mortgages are still reasonably affordable and working on the approval rates. So it's actually been quite a robust year in 2023. And I'm hoping that we're ending towards the, you know, aiming towards the end of the rate cycle. And we could find ourselves in 2024 maybe seeing some interest rate drops. And I think that's going to make property um, even a little bit more attractive than it is at the moment, certainly in this uh, very uncertain economy and uncertain world. Mm. And, and what are our interest rates looking like at the moment? So we're sitting prime lending rate is at 11.75 at the moment. And uh, most of the banks, depending on where you fall, as a first-time buyer or an investor or someone who's on their third or fourth purchase, you know, people can get a little bit below prime at the moment. So 
It has moved up off its lows from 2020 during COVID, but the great news is that it seems that we've hit the end of the rate the hiking cycle. Is it? I hope so. I hope Me so. too. <laughs> and I can just imagine for um, an individual, most probably that is still owing and you lost your job d- uh, during COVID. And if you were maybe servicing a bond where you were paying 3,000, you are now sitting what? In the what? In the, is it in the 4,000 or 3,500? No, it'll be like 4,500 rand. It's, it's increased a substantial amount by about 50%. Sure. So in this mm. instance, now this is, look, I'm, I'm looking for a glimpse of light here. <laughs> I always like to look at the positive side of life. Why is it that maybe our government, when some, some something like this happens, maybe, maybe they have a conversation with the banks to say, can we be given some exemption of sorts? Because I'm picturing a basic South African citizen. When you push that scale from 3,000 to 4,000 plus, it, it kind of like throws them off from you know their monthly expenditure, especially if it's a young family. I think it's it's absolutely right. I think the banks learned a substantial amount from the 2008 and 2009 financial crisis where they've realized that they, they have to see their mortgages as a partnership with their clients. And from what I've seen, it's not going to happen in every case. But from what I've seen is in the broad majority, the banks are trying to work with their customers to uh, you know, repackage lending, to refinance it, to see if they can extend out the, 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 the period of the mortgage loan to see if they can give kind of uh, structured repayment payment plans or in, any number of different ways that they can try and help you. Even in some instances, if someone's owned a property for five, six, seven years and they've made a bit of money, they help them engineer a sale that makes sure that they don't lose any money. So the banks have, have really shifted their perspective a lot. And I think they, they there was great valuable insights and lessons they got from 2008 that's helped them have a better approach this time around. Mm. Now, South Africa's property market has always been, you know, a barometer of economic conditions and 2024 will be no exception, really. And, you know, we've seen that the likes of uh, lingering socioeconomic effects of the pandemic, which we've spoken about, you know, the mm. high interest rates. What is the tr- What are the trends at the moment? Where are, maybe I should ask, uh, the best places to purchase, if there are any? So there's definitely some excellent places to purchase. I think um, I I no longer see that the market in South Africa is like a homogenous piece that's all the same. Uh, Very much so you've kind of got your inland areas and those trends are very much towards what I call the super estate. And you've got quite a lot of those in Gauteng. That's where they're building office parks, golf courses, you know, retail centers, shopping mall, accommodation, you know, the whole thing. They're almost making a suburb in an estate. So those those um, those seem to be quite positive, and certainly you're getting quite a lot of demand, because people are looking to change the cost of a private home that's large, has big security expenses, electricity expenses, rates expenses, to kind of sharing all those costs that comes with living in a state. Um, and so we've seen that being quite successful and popular, and I think that trend will continue. Uh, and then certainly the Western Cape in itself has experienced quite a lot of growth, and. You know, for a long time, we spoke about Cape Town being as a robust property market, but that's absolutely changed over the past three to four years. It's now the whole of the Western Cape has got really strong momentum behind it. You've got, you know, from these small towns, Ribic Castile, through to Azerfontein, to kind of the medium-sized towns of George and Plett and Neisner and Mossel Bay. There's just so much substantial growth that's happening. And it's almost the same boom that Johannesburg experienced in the early 2000s that joined Pretoria and Johannesburg. 
which I mean, before there just used to be high felt between the two. Mm. We're now seeing the same thing happen between Paul, Stellenbosch and Cape Town, where just kind of the gaps being infilled and it's becoming this much larger combined city of these three or four municipalities. Mm. So I certainly think those those are the spots to invest. Oh, that's that's great. So let's say for, for hypothetically somebody wants to invest in a middle class in George, you're looking mm. at what? Let's say it's a townhouse, two beds, two baths, middle class. So yes, it's townhouse. You're probably looking at around about a million rands in George at the moment. Um, I think the pricing's moved quite a lot there in the past two years. I think that's one of the hard parts about property is. Demand, like the demand has shifted to the super estates and to the Western Cape and some other coastal towns, but it really takes a long time to change supply. Mm. You know, it takes three years to bring you a new development or more stock to the market. So these smaller markets have seen their prices move quite extensively. So I think in George, that same property was probably 700,000 rand two years ago, and it's now sitting at a million rand all of a sudden. But they still represent really attractive lifestyles because it's much safer than other parts of the country. It's well run. Robots work. You know, potholes are done. You know, all the typical things that South Africans want to work are working. You know, the the the, the coastline and the beaches are clean. So it it makes living in those towns nicer. And I think what people are able to do with uh, with kind of the work from anywhere trend and some of the other immigration trends is people want to live in a place that they're proud of. Yeah. And so that that's I mean. It's your home. You want to be proud. I mean, we're all now very proud to be South Africans after this weekend, which is great. But I think when, where you live, you, as, and you said from hope earlier, you want to be proud of where you come from. Yeah. We're going to take a small break. Um, just hold the thought for me because I want to ask about um, the transfer duties. What is the cap at the moment? That's um, Block CEO Jacques van Emden uh, speaking about uh, property forecast. What's ahead for South Africa's real estate market and looking at 2024 as 2023 is coming to an end. Let's take a small break. We'll be back. Bertha Charuma. On SAFM. I was about to repeat my name, but uh, I think it's been said p- perfectly well. It is Bertha's Info Songezo. And we are talking about uh, property forecast, what's ahead for South Africa's real estate market. And I'm speaking to Block CEO Jacques van Emden. And um, Jacques, coming back to you, um, I just left you with something to think about in terms of uh, transfer duty. And I, I think the last time it was capped at, what, is it a million? Or has it changed? Correct. So it's a little over a million that it's exempt from transfer duty. And there's a sliding scale up to about 2.1 million rands. So even if you're over the over the, the kind of the bottom threshold of the exemption, it's really, it's a very small amount. It's not a substantial sum of money. So I think only once you get to about one and a half million rand does it become um, a, a little bit more expensive. So they've really tried to ensure that the average home, so and the average home price in South Africa across the banks is... I'd say somewhere between 1.5 to 1.8 million rand. That's the average home price in South Africa. So uh, what they've done is try to make sure that kind of from the middle line of the average and below, you're exempt from transfer duty to really encourage property ownership and transactions. And I think it's an excellent initiative. You know, we've had since apartheid, you know, and kind of in the democratic era of South Africa, we have to encourage property ownership amongst the entire population, and they've got to make sure that they reduce those barriers and those costs and those cost barriers so people are able to try and access the property market. Mm. And tell me, if so, for someone to have, to afford a property that's about a million, how much do they have to earn on average? So their household income would need to be about thirty thousand rand after tax. 
So let's say if you're a, a young couple and one of you is earning 20,000 rands and another one is earning 10,000 rands, they would look at that combined income of 30,000 rand and they'd work with you to apply for the mortgage on around about that. So it's roughly a third. So if you if, if a million rand if a million rand cost about ten thousand a month, so you need to make thirty thousand rand. Mm. So that's kind of what the servicing rates are. The the next question I'm going to ask, you know, I, I don't know whether you you are aware. So um, the municipality, you know, the you know the municipality in 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 different areas, they have been um, you know putting up. A, a purchase price on properties or evaluate properties, right? So let's say they come to my house as Bertha's house, they look at it, I think it's worth maybe 1.7. They come in, they say, no, actually it's worth 2 million because they are charging their rates and taxes um, in relation to the price tag on the property. Is is is, is this legal though? So the rates valuation method, it's it's definitely one of the common practices around the world. It's not not every not every country has the same practice. I think what what is critical is to make sure that those valuations are fair and justifiable. So we we need to accommodate through. So rates is one of the critical ways that they provide services. So if you think about your municipal services, that's roads, pavements, gardening. Uh, it's it's to, actually fun enough. It's it's law enforcement, not not police. It's law enforcement. It's traffic. Uh, so that's one of the income streams that they actually are able to provide and look after a city. It comes down to parks and public spaces. So I think it is the way that, you know, we contribute to the city's infrastructure. Whether we're getting value for money or not in the different municipalities is a whole different question, and it's not for tonight. <laughs> but I think in terms of the, the rates valuation method, that principle is that you pay a factor of that for the services in your city. That is one of the global standards of how it's done. I think what they need to make sure is that there's openness and there's fairness in the in the valuation methodology, because uh, you know if you believe your home's worth 1.7, there's a valuation of 2.3 million. It's very difficult to challenge it firstly, and it's very time consuming, and so you end up in a position where there's so many barriers to do it that you know it discourages most people from, or people just don't even know how to do it. So I think they need to work harder on their communication and their ability to let people challenge it. And if they're unsuccessful because the facts support a different valuation, so be it. But you have to give people the opportunity to actually interact and object to what these valuations are. Mm. And is it advisable to purchase, uh, you know, your property in um, residential areas? Or is it advisable to start maybe moving out and buying um, small holdings. Oh, so I, I'm a I'm a big supporter of buying in areas where there's high demand. That would probably be my give my biggest uh, insight. So let's say there are areas around Paul um, where there's and and around Wellington that there is some reasonable demand in the small holding spaces. So I, I think that for me, I'm always concerned about are there going to be lots of buyers for what I own. Ah. And that's kind of how I look because if there's if I'm buying something that there's not a lot of demand, I'm always going to struggle, and I'm always going to struggle to get capital growth on the property. The value might not increase three, five, ten years later. You know, supply and demand. I mentioned a little bit earlier, and it's. I mean, we look a lot of data inside our business at Block, and we try and make data-led decisions as as much as possible. And it's the most important metrics that we look for is is there outsized demand for how much stock there is of the property. And I think if you can buy assets in that case, you're always going to be in a great position. And we've seen this happen in, in various areas of the country. You've seen it happen. So we spoke about those super estates. They're only so big, so they're kind of an island. 
so suddenly there's a supply you know uh, imbalance but people want to live there or some of the greater states that are coming up north of Burma in KZN there's, there's really good demand, but they often have rivers that interrupt the cities, so they've got a border. And so, But people want to live there, and that demand gives it strength and robustness. And I think what you were speaking about is I know people complain about the rates in, in Cape Town, but certainly many of the, the, the municipalities and metro in the Western Cape, they've, they've got great demand coming into them that outstrips the supply, and that just, that just makes the pricing so much stronger. And you've seen in areas where there's good demand, you can, you can get capital growth of 10 to 10, 12% per annum, which is just truly amazing. And that happens across all the price bands. I think some of the stories that I heard about what happened in um, the Cape Flats over the past two, three years, because we, we kind of see, let's say, semigration. It's only happening for people that have lots of money. But actually, semigration happens across all the different income brackets. Mm. And you suddenly there's not enough homes that are priced at 500,000 rand as Mitchell's Plain because they all now cost 700,000 rand. Yeah. And that's a substantial increase in two years. Jacques, thank you so much for making time for us. I could just have, um, I'm so passionate about property. I could just have this conversation the whole day, but um, um, really, really appreciate the fact that you've made time for us and speaking about 2024 property forecast. Thank you so much and have a pleasant evening. Thank you so much for having me. And bye for now. That's Block CEO Jacques van Emden chatting to us about property.